Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, uh, good evening, good day, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to this week's episode of the Spurs Show in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, this is a particular show I've been really looking forward to for a while. Two wonderful guests. Firstly, returning, might even be the first time this season because he's been very, very busy. Because he, this, this guest is one of the people that actually still goes to games. He has that privilege from Haters TV. Jerry Cox returns. How are you, Jerry? I'm good, Mike. Always good to uh, be on the show. I can't. I can't remember if it is the first time this season because I don't know when the season started and, and when the last one finished and when what the bloody one year it is. I don't know what day it is. It's Groundhog Day. Yes, I've no idea. Out, it's only just about eighteen months since the Champions League final in Madrid, and that oh seems about God. three and a half years ago. So yeah. <laughs> I've lost track, really, completely. But good to I be know. back. Oh, it's, it's lovely to have you back on. And making his debut tonight, I'm thrilled to have him on. Author of the wonderful book, which you can still get on Amazon, Shirts, Shorts and Spurs, from Gaza to Ginola, my 29 years of kit man at the lane. Uh, our ex-Tottenham kit man, Roy Rayland joins us. How are you, Roy? Uh, very, very well. Thank you, Mike. Very thank well. You so, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll be talking at length about your fantastic books and great stories there, moving stories, and we'll we'll go into detail about that. Uh, but obviously, uh, there was a game last night against Wickham, uh, and then big game. What a week! Another big week for Tottenham. The massive game against Liverpool on Thursday. We're going to discuss, and then at the weekend, Brighton away. Before I do that, just a bit of news. Um, Spurs show season ticket holders in the good old days. We used to have a lovely event every month with ex-players. Jerry's come along, been on many of them. And obviously, since this, this lockdown, it's been very difficult to know what to do. Do we do a Zoom event? So I'm delighted to announce uh, uh, tonight that on Friday, February the 12th, 8 o'clock, we're doing a virtual Spurs show event, virtually Spurs. Myself, Theo Delaney, and the great Martin Chivers will be virtually Ooh. virtual pub 
together. Uh, profits for the show will go to the Tottenham Tribute Trust. Uh, if your Spurs show season ticket holder, it's free. Everyone else, I think it's six quid. So we'll put um, a link to the tickets on the description of the pod. If you've got a pen there, just go to bitly ws slash by or lowercase capital C. That's bitly ws slash byc. That will take you to get a ticket, and that's and that's going to be a virtual event. All the goals, all these great goals. Wolves UEFA Cup seventy two. Um, so, and I found some goals I've never found before. Some of his early goals when he was playing with Greaves. So, uh, hopefully, come along to that. But let's start. Uh, we'll start with you, Roy. Last night, uh, Wickham always. You know, Spurs fans of a certain age, any game we worry a bit. And we went a goal down. Were you like me sitting there going, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. And especially when we hit the bar for the second time. Were you worried or did you think that class would eventually show? Listen, I was in the game a long time and I've had that many, many times. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was always confident. I was always confident. With, with the firepower we've got, right, you, you, you've always got to fancy yourself. Having said that, it got to sort of 85 minutes and I'm thinking... <laughs> But but no no I, I was confident. So, you know Kane and Son come on and and and, and you, fa- you you must fancy your chances. You got to fancy your chances. Yeah no exactly and it was lovely. To, uh, Roy, I thought Gareth Bell had his. I mean I, okay, okay it was only Wickham I get that. But I thought Gareth Bell had his best uh, game uh, since returning. Did did you, did you agree with that? I do, and I think he's damned if he does, and he's damned if he don't because he needs minutes because yeah. that's the kind of player he is. He he, he, he needs minutes on the pitch. But then, obviously, Jose is saying to him, well, hold on a minute, you're not performing, you're not fully fit, I can't give you the four minutes you want. So, please, hopefully, you know, after that performance, that he might get a start, I don't know, maybe maybe Thursday, if not Saturday, mm. and then uh, get a few more minutes under I mean, he needs 90 minutes somewhere along the line, doesn't he? That's, that's what he yeah. needs. Absolutely. Jerry, he seemed for the first time more than once to have that change of pace again when he'd go up to defender and sort of faint one way and, and actually go past players, which was nice to see. Yeah, I mean, that's what we saw. You know, that's what we used to love, wasn't it? The way he used to go past people. Um, I was there that night when when it was the taxi for Macon night. Yeah. At, uh, the great, one of the, the, one great, of the great, great glory, glory nights, wasn't it? Yeah. Into Milan, yeah. Um but I mean, we we can't expect him to have that explosive pace. But we do know he can go past a player, and he's got that awareness. And he and he, I think he's also got that aura. You know, players stand off him a little bit, so he's always got that little bit of an opportunity to sort of look up, see a pass, or make the run. A um, couple of times last night, he he obviously fancied a pop at goal and didn't get anywhere mm. near, and he put one header wide, and he thought, yes. mm. but the finish, the goal was a lovely, really lovely, good goal. exquisite finish. Great and he, ball. Great and pass. it was great to see him get in that position. You know, that was that mm. was quite different as well. You know, creeping behind the defence, timing it perfectly. Not really what you expect to see from Gareth Bale, but mm. um, great to do it. And and I think the point was made, you know, it was four, essentially four midfielders who, were, who scored, like, or it was goals from, four goals from midfield last night. And that's mm. what, um, you know, Jose's been talking about for a while, not having to rely on Kane and Sonny for all the yeah. goals. So good to see them all chipping in. Good to see him get ninety minutes as well, um, and you know I, I think you're right. I think it, you know I think as Roy said, it, it, he's got to sort of prove to Jose he can last ninety minutes and, and have an impact in a high profile, high intensity game, um, and that will come. You know, you just hope he stays fit, doesn't get an injury, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see more of him. But he done that little bit in the game, Mike, didn't he? He done that little bit in the game late on when he was mm-hmm. wide on the right, 
and he just he just dropped his shoulder and yeah. went to the byline. And, and, and you think, yes. well, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, at that stage of the game, to have that pace, that ability is just mm. incredible. Incredible. Mm. What did you think, Roy? I, I thought the centre-backs, our centre-backs, got a bit of a battering. Uh, I think you could argue both were at fault for their goal. Um, they're probably not used to playing against that kind of opposition, are they, in the Premier League? Well, I, you know, even in, in, in my time, when, when you used to play lower league teams, I never say lesser league teams, lower league teams, you know that they're... They're, they're going to put people up there. They're going to put the big centre forward up, one or two of them. They're going to play balls up and they're going to knock you over. They're going to knock you about. They're going to run into you. They're going to cause you problems. And they're going to frustrate you. And they're either going to look for a free kick on the edge of the box or they're going to look for a half chance. I mean, even when the big guy come on at the end, I mean, he, Jesus, I look better than him for Wickham. <laughs> but, I can Fenway, yeah. Jesus. Extraordinary. But didn't he cause problems? Yeah. He wanted to fight everyone. And, and you look at our centre-hours and they're probably thinking, hold on a minute, this is not my game. I want to get it down and play. But no, yeah. no, that's... that's. But then that's that's what they've got... That's what we're up against. That's what it, they've got to take that, haven't they? Yeah, no, you're right. Jerry, I mean, the, the, the slightly worrying thing was, it is, we obviously now get Everton in the fifth round. Do you know the last time we played Everton in the FA Cup? Oh, well, it's not the semi-final, was it? The one at Ellen Road? The game I still haven't got over. I still <laughs> haven't got over that 95 semi-final defeat. We'd just gone, I'm sure Roy, you were there. We'd just beaten Liverpool Anfield. Yeah. Everton, uh, I think it was Joe Royal was the, was their it manager. Was Joe Royal's Dogs of War, he called them, didn't oh, he? Oh, Daniel Am- Amicacci, I think, never scored yeah. again. And he scored two yeah. against us. It was just uh, one of the worst. I, I, can't, I literally haven't got over it. It was just, that was the last time we played him in the cup. Roy, you were on the, bench, on the bench that day, Roy. Yeah, 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 I was there. I remember that because I remember going to the game and uh, Colin Calderwood said, oh, look, there's, there's two magpies here. We're going to win this. And I thought, no, no, you don't say things like that. You know what I mean? And then the, the, there is a funny story. I've got to just throw this one in. Yeah. My daughter was on the staff bus, but it had blacked out windows. And she was yeah. about eight or nine at the time. And the bus was going along and this guy, this Everton supporter, was convinced it was a team bus. Convinced. Yeah. So he's running along and he's doing all kinds of hand signals and God knows what else. And he started sprinting because the bus was getting faster and he ran straight into a lamppost, knocked into some spark out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh dear. So anyway, we, 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 Jerry, we certainly uh, owe them a bit of revenge. Uh, I can't believe it's been since that long since we played them the cut. And that, I, I remember mm. the one at Goodison, 83, when we were going for the, we were playing really well, and they, I, I think they won the league that year, didn't they? Eighty three, and we went up there, good as we lost yeah. two or eighty four. We lost there two 0 in the fifth round of the FA Cup, and we were good that day, and it was uh, we were a little bit unlucky. So we've we've had some games there against Everton over the years, haven't we? But I mean, that's going to be tricky, but probably doable. Would you agree, Jerry? Well, you know, potentially with this team, anything's doable. You know, they, they can win games and they can, whether whether they're winning them in the sort of barnstorming st- style that we were expecting a few years ago with, you know, Pochettino's best team of maybe 2017. Um, but, they, you know, Jose knows how to win big games. He used to do it against us, didn't he? I remember that Man United semi-final a couple of years oh, ago. We went in geez. hot favourites, you know, and he, he just... Ex- yeah. And, you know, exploited a weakness and, and just did enough to win. And they, they won the cup, I think, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, he's got that he's got that way of winning big games. So you think nothing should be nothing should be a concern. The worry is obviously when when Spurs go one nil up. That's that's mm. the most worrying moment, really. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you hope they learn. Yeah, you want them to score about the 89th minute, really. So yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't, my, heart, my heart can't take that sit there, nil nil, 89 <laughs> minutes. I can't do it. Well, look, we've got so much to cover tonight. Let's uh, let's do a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk Liverpool, Brighton and Roy's fabulous book. Uh, back after this very short break. And we're back from the break. Just to remind people this season, uh, we are in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham. And they've got some interesting odds to look at. Obviously, uh, we've got this brilliant strike force against their brilliant strike force. If you fancy a flutter, Kane and Son both to score on Thursday, 4-1. to one. Salah and Mane also both to score 4-1. to one. Uh, But William Hill are doing enhanced odds. They're going to give us 11-2 to two if you fancy Kane and Son. Uh, we've been running for a while. Premier League golden boot prices. Kane is 5-2. to two, Salah 5-2. to two, Son 8-1. to one, Mane 50-1. to one. If you fancy Undombele, who's been banging them in, to score any time, 6-1. to one. Tottenham to win without conceding, 5-1. Uh, to one. Uh, Roy, I don't know if you're a betting man. Do any of those stand out to you? What do you, what do you reckon might happen? Oh, I've got this. Little, I've got this little sneaky feeling that it's a one 0 win. Oh, I take that. Yeah, I really do. It's just it's how you take that one 0 win. I mean, I just don't want to score in the first minute and sit on the yeah. eighteen yard box for the other eighty nine. But I've just got this. I just really fancy him to win one 0 Yeah, no, I, I, that that'd be great, Jerry. It, it's such a. I know we always say this, but looking at the league at the moment, it's a must-win game. We're recording this game, and I know Man City and West Ham are both playing tonight. Uh, assuming Man City win, uh, and if we don't beat Liverpool, we could be eight points behind Manchester City. And for those optimistic fans who still think we're in for a shout for the title because of the way the season's been, uh, therefore we, we've got to beat Liverpool and, there, and we'd, we'd go above Liverpool and still have a game in hand. It's that big a game, isn't it, Jerry? It is, but I think, uh, you know, I've, I've long since given up um, starting to look at, you know, if we get three points, then mm. we go here. After this, then we go on and we've got a potentially easy one, uh, uh, let's say Brighton. I think you just can't think about that sort of stuff anymore. I think, you know, I, I do love the, the mantra that Jose is, has sort of instilled in the players, which is let's just go out and try and win every game in front of us. And not mm. think about where this leads or whatever. What what you have seen this season, and and it's right across the board. It's, this is why it's so close at the top. Is that any team can get on a run of form, and suddenly they'll go from mid table to to contenders. You know, I was I was at West Ham, Man City, not that long ago, and they drew after a week after or a week before we beat them, and they were out of it. That was it. They were gone. Yeah. You know, the they couldn't Man score a goal. And, Absolutely right. Yeah. And, and and Pep was pretty much saying, you know, I don't know what we can do to turn it around. And suddenly they're the they're the team that have got it there to lose. You know, they've got the games in hand, they they're on a run. But that could stop. You know, De Bruyne's injured and Aguero's sort of in and out the side, and you know, so suddenly that that run of form could stop. Chelsea were top of the table a few weeks ago. Yeah. They've had a got one win in five, they've sacked the manager. You know, United came out of nowhere. Everyone wanted Ollie's head on a plate. And suddenly they're, they're top of the table. So it, it can change very quickly. I think the key, you know, it's not about 
if they don't beat Liverpool on Thursday, is it all over? I don't think, you know, I don't know. It's going to make it harder. But the key to any success is is getting a run of games and timing them, you know, making sure you get your run when it, when it counts. And that's really, you know, March, April, May, probably. So what Spurs have been doing, even when they came through that sticky period in December, following, you know, manager of the months, the, the, the classic curse that, that Jose got, um, at least they kept in it. You know, they kept in the race, they kept in touch. And if, they, if they're doing that and then go on a run, um, well, that's, that would be interesting, you know. So I wouldn't say it's must win. Um, I'd love to think they can because Liverpool are, are, you know, as out of form as they've been for two, three years, really. But it's just not going like that, is it? You can't predict anything anymore. But Roy, it's interesting what Jerry said there, because if there's ever a good time to play Liverpool, now you could argue typical Tottenham, hey, Dr Tottenham, come to the lane, perfect team you want to play. But they are on a really bad run. Worse, Klopp's run at the moment is worse than Lampard has just lost his job. They can't score. Whatever you say, the, the injuries they've had at the back affect them. Now, you've been in, you've been in dressing rooms many, many times. You, you see when players G each other up. Surely Tottenham, Liverpool, and the very fact that we lost in a very unlucky manner to the murder this season, a last-minute goal, Steven Bergwijn, great chance, hit the post, we would have been 2-1 up. You know, what's it like when you're in a dressing room and you just feel that this game is a little bit more special than your normal game? I think when, when you look at the, the team we've got now, um, with, with the strike force we've got, and, and we're now looking a little bit more solid at the back, when you when you, you your skipper is always the one who, who, who does the last two minute talk in in the dressing room, and I can imagine Harry, Harry Kane saying to them tomorrow, like, "Look, boys, you know we're as good, if not better, than them." And looking at the way they're playing at the moment, if we get on top of them the first 10, 15 minutes, they're going to buckle. The more the longer the game goes on without a goal, obviously, and, it, and we don't know they're going to play out front. We haven't got a clue. But I'm, I'm just looking at our strike force our team, and I, I, I just think that motivation, you, you shouldn't need motivation for them games. It should be in you already. It's the minute you, you, you walk into that dressing room and start putting your kit on, you should be buzzing and, and ready to go. And I'm pretty sure our boys will be, to, to a man. And he's certainly, Jose, is, is what you call a big match manager, isn't he? I, I, listen, I, I, I've met him on many occasions when I was Spurs, he was at Chelsea. He's, um, he's just got this aura about him, and, and I think he's got this... It's a bit like, um, not in the way he manages, but as a person, a bit like Martin Yole, where people want to play for him. You don't have to like him, but people want to play for him because he's got that aura, that, that, that thing about him. He's got that winning mentality. And love him or hate him or love the way he plays or not, he gets results. And, you know, I, I like the guy. I do, I like the guy. I've warmed, I've warmed to him enormously this year, Mike. You know, I mean... I, I, I thought when he came to Chelsea the first time around, you know, I cover London football mostly. So I was covering Chelsea as much as anyone back in, back in 2004-05. And he was a, a breath of fresh air as, as a journalist. You know, he came in all these great quotes and predictions. They all came true. You know, he, he more or less named the date Chelsea were going to win the league. He more or less named how many goals Lampard would, be, would score that year as he became footballer of the year. blah de blah Yeah, I mean, he, he was just extraordinary. And then the second time... By, by about the third year of that, and certainly the second time he came back to Chelsea, it was a bit, you know, oh, here we go again. 
And I thought after he'd left Man United, you know, and, and he wasn't much loved up there, really. I thought, well, we'll maybe not see him back in, in the Premier League. And when he was, you know, when he came in to replace Pochettino, I thought, oh, gee, you know, this is really not what I want to see. But as a person, and you know, we ha- even with lockdown, we have these press conferences two or three times a week. You're on Zoom, you're, you're chatting, you, you find out a lot about his character. And I've really warmed to him as a, as a person, you know, as a, as, a, as a sort of, you know, he's a nice human being. A lot of people have said this, you know, he, he's actually a much nicer guy behind the scenes than, than you'd imagine. I think he's pretty, pretty ruthless uh, with his players. But, um, you know, he's got this, he's got this amazing, as, as Roy said, he's got an aura. His record, you know, it's his birthday today, so there's been a few things mm-hmm. on social media. 25 trophies in, in four countries. You know, mm-hmm. it's extraordinary. And these are top trophies. These aren't just, you know, I don't think he's counting you know, charity shields and, and, you know, Essex Senior League trophies in there. They're, these are proper major, you know, the Champions League, the Europa League, the titles in four countries. So, I mean, he's done it all. He, he really has done it all. So why wouldn't you want to play for it, you know? It's interesting, you know, saying saying there that you you know you you might not like him as a manager, but you want to play play for him. Roy, obviously, you God, you've worked under God. I'm I'm trying to think here. Seventeen managers, I think you worked under at Tottenham. Yeah. What was it like? And look, and and you're not telling us anything new. We've had many yeah. many ex players on, and. I think it's true to say that quite a lot we have on didn't really take to Christian Gross, for example. Uh, quite a few didn't take to Santini, didn't kind of get him. You're obviously close to a lot of players. Yeah, yeah. You're in the dressing room with him. What's it like when pl- managers kind of lose respect from players? And we've just seen it now. Lampard's gone. Apparently there's another rift in the dressing room there. What's it like? You must get in your ear a bit when he's not, when a manager isn't playing someone or tactically things aren't working. Did that kind of put you in a difficult position when that sort of thing's going on? It does, to a de- or it did, to a degree, because I've always thought my job's like a little bit of an agony on because, you know, the lads don't get picked, the lads are injured, the lads have got a grievance with someone. And they used to come in the kit room in the morning and, and, and they'd open their heart up. And to be honest, honest, Mark, it, they'd say things, and when they walked out, I wouldn't have a clue what they said because mm. that, that was their release because... It yeah. was someone they could tell that someone that they could trust, mm-hmm. but there, there is a vibe with, with with managers. I mean, you mentioned Christian Gross, and I, I found that a difficult period. Me personally, I found yeah. that a difficult period. I mean, we done a nine month season, and I didn't have a day off. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not, I'm not moaning because that's that's the nature of the job. But we used to we used to go to a hotel every Friday night for home games in Chesnut, Hertfordshire. Um, we would every every day every away game we was in a hotel, and the, the, the training we used to train on a Saturday morning in the car park. Now, if you're winning and you're top of the league, and 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 you know the results are there, that's not an issue, because it it, it seems the right thing to do. But when you're getting beat on a regular occasion, and the training is is difficult, then all of a sudden you think, what am I doing? You know, the lads are thinking, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm, I'm training nearly every day. We're never getting a day off. We're in, we play on a Saturday. We was in Sunday for a warm down, which, you know, that, that's the norm if you've got a game on a Monday or a Tuesday, obviously. But if you're not winning games, there's got to be a little bit of friction between the team and the manager. It's, it's inevitable. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's just, the, that's life. That's mm-hmm. the way it is. 
Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Look, let's do a quick prediction, Jerry. Uh, quick prediction for a quick score prediction for the oh, Liverpool game on Thursday. Oh, I I hate giving predictions because I, I always I know, think that's I'm, why I'm giving you. The, the kiss of death. You know, <laughs> I hope I hope Tottenham win, um, and I don't think there'll be much in it. You know, I think it might be one, might be. Uh, I'll, I'll go two one Tottenham. Uh, get revenge on the Anfield result. Two one Tottenham. What are you going to stick with one nil? Yeah, I'm sticking with one nil. All right, I'll go. I'll yeah. go. I'll go three two Spurs, um, and then on Sunday uh, another big game. We talked about Gareth Bell. He scored the winner in the uh, home tie, Brighton away near the bottom. Uh, bit of a, you know, some one week they play really well, Brighton. One week we're awful. Uh, William Hill have given us Tottenham to win, both teams to score three to one. If you fancy Brighton, twenty three to twenty. Uh, Tottenham to win by two or more, fourteen to five and if you want to sign up at William Hill a new customer offer came to score they'll give you 35 to one TNCs apply maximum bet one pound go to uh, williamhill.com if you haven't already downloaded the app check out the website the app for all the enhanced prices in the build-up to kickoff Jerry it'll be typical Tottenham if we uh, beat Liverpool and then don't beat Brighton wouldn't it well, I was at, I was at that game last season, and again, that's one that seems about a lifetime away. Do you remember the three nil? Oh, was that last season? I that was only to... last. That was the last time we played there. Oh my god, I felt like years ago. We were awful. We were awful because we just lost the game. Who we lost to? We just Bayern lost Munich. to a team, and we it thought we'll a... bounce back. Yeah, you're right. We lost eight. So eight, eight to eight to Bayern Munich, and then we go there and lose three nil. Hugo fractured his shoulder and looked like. I didn't think he'd play again. I mean, he was absolutely screaming in pain. You know, I, I remember going down to the down the tunnel at half time to get a cup of tea, mm. and the medics were coming out looking shocked because they hadn't seen so much pain. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was that was the beginning of the end for Poch, obviously, and and it was one of those things when you think this is all falling apart badly. So that was a very bad day at the office. Um, Brighton aren't a bad team, you know, and you just don't know. Very difficult one. Love to love to think Spurs can win there, and uh, hard to say, hard to say. Hopefully, again, I'll I'll put you know, put my thumb in the air and, and pluck a a two one out. There. No, two. I can't keep saying two. One nil. <laughs> one nil. Tottenham. A one clean sheet. Tottenham. A clean sheet. Yeah. You go go back there, come out having made five worldy saves, and uh, get get sort of full closure on that horrible chapter for him last season. Roy, do you think he'll um, rotate? I mean, so many games coming up now. Do you think that's one game after Liverpool Thursday? We've got to play Sunday again. You might see him uh, try and freshen it up a little bit. Well, that's, I was going to say, you're assuming he's going to go full guns on Thursday. He's got so, to, he? yeah. so if he goes full guns on Thursday, you're probably looking at a similar side that, that played last night, mm. I would think. Yeah, so, interesting. Which is still strong enough, in my eyes, to, to beat Brighton. But you know, I'd I'd I'd, I'd go for a two 0 win. I fancy him to win two on the bounce. But it just depends. A lot of it depends on how much he tinkers with the team after Thursday. That could be that that, that could be a deciding factor. Yeah, uh, I I I've got an awful feeling Sunday's going to be a draw. Uh, but there we go. Right, just before we turn to Roy's brilliant book, just to remind everyone for additional premium Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs news show. 
uh, match reports after every game, interviews with ex-players and more. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Next week, we've got Darren Rockman with us, Chris Sanders, and the voice of Tottenham, Paul Coit, uh, is with us uh, next week. Um, right, now we're going to turn to Roy's brilliant book, Shirts, Shorts and Spurs. Uh, still available on Amazon. Uh, go to Amazon. You can still pick the book up. Um, what I love about it, and maybe you can talk about this first, Roy, is you joined Tottenham, the back, you know, the backroom staff, as a massive Spurs fan. What do you remember the first game you went to, presumably as a kid? Did you have you got a memory of that still? I was about nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an evening game. I'm pretty sure it was. I can't. I can't. It might. I think it might have been Forest under the lights. And my brother-in-law took me to the game because my, my, my sister used to live in Park Lane. And oh, there, used oh, wow. to be, there used to be a row of cottages where the um, where the, the Spurs shop is. Right. And my sister actually lived in, in one of the little tiny cottages there. Um, and I just remember I was only tiny and he, and he took me to the game and he took me up the terraces. And I, I remember seeing the lights as I went up. Because I, 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 I mean, I'm five foot six now, so I've always been tiny. And uh, I remember he, he took a little stool. I mean, he'd never get away with it now, but he took a little stool and I stood on the stool and leapt on the barrier. Um, and I, I just, I was just enthralled with, with the lights and the team and the crowd. And and in them days, they used to get a program and uh, they used to cut. They used to have like the number, the number and the, and the, the, the play, name underneath. And just a group of people would, would cut the program up and take and put it in a little hat and shake it, and and they'd do like first goal scorer for however much it was. <laughs> and it was just it's, that was that was really and the fact that I was born less than a mile from the stadium. I, I lived yeah. right near Northumberland Park. Um, every I was funny enough. I was talking to my wife today. We, we was going and we was driving along, and I was talking about tonight. And I said. Probably four out of seven nights, I used to play football in Worcester Avenue behind, really? behind underneath the, the the street lights. On the, I, I used to call it the Blue Doors, and uh, these would be like twenty or thirty of us up there, three or four nights a week. It was just, it, it was a bug, and that was it. That was my team. So it must have been amazing then, when you got wind from somewhere. Oh, there's some, <laughs> there's some jobs going down the road at Spurs. You must have sprinted down there, didn't you? Well, it was crazy because. <laughs> I started on the ground staff first. Mm. Um, the the guy that ran it was a guy called Mick Stockwell, and um, I remember my mum was was working there at the time, and she said, "There's a vacancy on the ground staff," and uh, she said, "Like, would you be interested? <laughs> be interested?" I said, "You try to stop me, you know." So, <laughs> what so year was this? Do you remember what year this was? Seventy uh, six. Seventy six. So, kind of football wise, the kind of dark years. That was the year we went down, wasn't it? Yeah, 76. Yeah. So got at Southampton, wasn't it? Was it Southampton? Yeah. No. Well, that was where we came up. Come yeah. back up in Southampton. Yeah. So so I went down there and, and, and this guy and this this guy mixed up were interviewed me. And I walk, walked in, I'll never forget, I walked into his little office thing. And it was, I thought I'd been interviewed by Sid James. It was it was the lightning was so uncanny. And I just I just kept laughing, you know. <laughs> 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 And, uh, and uh, I just was, you know, I was looking for Barbara Windsor last. I said, mum, this is the wind up. <laughs> so anyway, um, anyway, I took the job and, and went on the ground staff. And I worked on the ground staff for, for four years. Right, um, wow. And then 
uh, I got the opportunity to go as assistant to the, the famous Johnny Wallace. The great Johnny Wallace, who, again, uh, fans of a certain age remember Johnny Wallace uh, sitting uh, sitting on the bench with you know Terry Neal and Bill yeah. Nick, Terry Neal and, and Birkinshaw. So you worked under Johnny Wallace for quite a few years. And then, again, it's really interesting in the book because he was obviously getting on a bit. And slowly there was a couple of pre-season tournaments and tours where he was a bit like oh, you go Roy yeah, yeah. you go Roy. so you must have kind of got an inkling there I think he's kind of you know giving me the experience to he, well, presumably you spoke to him about him retiring at some stage did you no I was too frightened <laughs> wow he, he was a taskmaster seriously he's the hardest yeah. man I've ever worked for in my life wow. but he made me everything I am today and I've got so much respect and admiration for the man, but wow, it was hard work working under him. But yeah. he he was he was so methodical. He he everything was done old school. Because um, when I started there, Cecil Poynton was still there. Right. Um, yeah. So so Johnny said to me, or, or Keith said to me, Keith Burtonshaw said to me, you know, Johnny's struggling a little bit here. Would would, would you help him out on a part time basis? And I said, yeah, of course, you know, no problem. So I went and spoke to Johnny and he said, right, I want you to do, I want you to look after the youth team kit and I want you to do this and do this and little little jobs. And and, and it was quite minor jobs, to be perfectly honest, initially. But it was just the environment of, like, actually being in the dressing room and, and like going down to Chesant. Must have been unbelievable. Must have been unbelievable. As a fan, to be part of that. Yeah. I, I, had to, I had to take the fan bit away, you know. I, yeah, I yeah, be yeah. A fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, because obviously it was a job. Um, and then sort of me and Johnny then become closer and closer and closer. Um, and he let me into little trade secrets and, and we, we used to have some fun with the, with the apprentices and like Tony Parks was, was my apprentice head man. We used to have a, like a, called a top boy mm-hmm. and Tony was top boy. So we'd designate four or five lads in groups and one group would clean the home team dressing room, one away team dressing room want to do the gym and did it a bit and then Tony would come afterwards and we'd say to Tony right okay is everything done Tony's go yeah no problem and then we'd go but every now and again you'd, you'd go whoa whoa hold on let, let me go and check so you'd go and check and I remember this particular day Tony coming in and it, it, it wasn't silk it was like a white really lovely white shirt so he, he they've done all their jobs he's come in he's, he's had his shower he's coming to Johnny Light and he's gone um, Johnny Wild because we used to call him Johnny Wild but Johnny Wild he said um it's all done. So he went, you sure, Parks? He went, yeah, yeah, I'm honest, John, it's done. Johnny put his finger across the top of the door, right? And he went from the, his shoulder all the way down is this white shirt and there's this big black welt. And he went, come on, Parks, you're better than that. Off you go, son. And he made them all get changed and do the jobs again. Wow. Can you imagine that happening now? Can you imagine Gareth Bell being told to clean that door again? It wasn't to be awkward and nasty. It was it, it was discipline. He wanted to get a reaction out of Tony. He wanted to see what Tony's reaction was. And Tony went, okay, John, no problem. Now, this is Parksy, who's, who's probably got the biggest, one of the biggest tempers I've ever known. Yeah. He just went, okay, John, no problem. Done. Wow. And what yeah. I couldn't believe, again, in, in the book, Roy, was the amount of years that, you know, you, you're obviously doing the kit, doing training, uh, chess and whatever, and you had to drive all the kit back to White Hart Lane because that's where the washing machine was. That's where, that's where Sylvie was. None of the, none of the training <laughs> ground. Was. No, nothing was at the training ground. 
No. It's extraordinary. No. And there was, there, there, like, we, so I used to drive this minibus and we used to put the skips on the top. And I used to have, right. like, 10, 12 lads. And you never do it now, like, health and safety, no chance. Let's just sit on a bench in the back of this bus, you know. So I'd be driving it down. Johnny would be sitting in the front. And uh, so we'd pull out a white lane and there'd be, like, 10 lads on and we'd be two, three missing. And as you pulled out a white right lane, so you used to do a right up to the traffic lights, turn left, up to the A10 and then up to Chesham. Mm. And I remember this particular day, I'm just going to pull out by Rudolph's. And I'm going to do a, <laughs> I'm just going to do a right and I can see these three lads sprinting from the train station because obviously they're, they're, they're late. So I'm seeing them coming, right? So I've, I've stopped, put the handbrake on. Um, Johnny went to me, what are you doing? I said, I'm waiting for the boys, John. Drive the bus now. I went, what? He went, drive the bus now. I had to pull out and drive past them and leave them. I said, John. He said, I bet they're never late again, son. Mm. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was Johnny Wall. Yeah. Just different class. And what I like, again, there were so many great stories in this book. I, I don't know if it was your very first game, but tell us the extraordinary story when you gave Graham Roberts uh, a, 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 a top to do a bit of running in. Everton. All oh, right, tell us the story because this is a cool. So, so this was my first initiation in first team football. Johnny right. was ill and couldn't travel. So Keith came up to me and said, Johnny's not well, you're going to travel with the first team on Friday. Okay, Brent, no problem. Really excited. So up we go, get there, get in the hotel. Graham Roberts knocks on my door. He says, I want to go for a run. I said, what do you mean you want to go for a run? He said, I want to go for a run. Never been done before. So, okay. So, anyway, I've got no kit with me. So, I thought there's two, I don't even remember, but in them, they used to have a really horrible, razzy dazzy goalkeeper shirt. It was like the weirdest colours in the world. So, I said to Robert, I've only got this. He went, that's all right, it's fine. So, he puts it on, off he goes. So, he gets down to the stadium the next day, lays out the kit. Clem was in goal, laid all the kit out. So, Clem comes in the dressing room. He goes, what is this? That's not my goalkeeping kit. I said, what are you talking about, Clem? It is. Yeah. He went, no, 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 that's not right. He said, I want the other one. <laughs> I just felt myself. I felt physically <laughs> sick, right? Your first game, your first game by yourself. I thought, no. I just felt so ill. And all of a sudden, Clem's looked at me and he couldn't hold his leg. He just laughed. Him and Robert had oh. obviously planned it, you know, but oh my God. I, the feel, I can't tell you that feeling of, of like, nausea and, and sweat yeah. and everything just come because I'd settled the dressing room up I thought ah, that looks great you know what I mean because yeah. they've done that to me but initiation I guess they call it yeah I mean the, the other thing again what I love about the book again you talk it, it's almost like a sort of story of you know how how bigger football gets over the years because you were there so long you, know, you talk about then putting the kit out but then obviously you got to the stage with the job when there's so many kits the home kit, the away kit, the third kit, oh. and then the Blackburn again. Another game I've erased my memory. Yeah. That League Cup final, uh, Cardiff. I'm not Hoddle. That's when all of a sudden we had to we had to last quite late late in the game. Had to play a fourth kit, didn't we? Yeah, it was. It was. It's all about um, the fans, isn't it? You know, and whether or not it's a financial gain for the club or whatever. But they have all these numerous kits, so. That the, the true the true blooded fans will buy them, but you know, I would I would have thought that you know Blackburn they play in blue and white halves. We would have played in our away kit of I don't know what it was in yellow. Or I don't I don't know. But then we ended up playing 
I think, was it sky blue? I can't remember. What, what colour was it? Was I, it I, top, I can't remember. I've sort of, again, I, it's I, a game remember, I've erased. I remember Teddy coming off and taking his shorts off on the touchline because he snapped his cord. And the mm. big cheers from me, there was about four or five girls in the back, like the complete Teddy Sheridan changing his shorts on the halfway line. But... <laughs> Can I just jump, talking about the shirts, I mean, reading your book was the first time I'd ever, ever heard of the idea. And, and I, I wonder if it still goes on. The players, if they swap shirts or throw them in the crowd, they have to pay for those shirts, do they? Is that right? Well, what happened was, I, I said to the club, I worked it out one year, um, that the, the players was taking like two and three shirts a game. Like Edgar David used to take two shirts every game, every played or not. Even if he weren't in the squad, he'd come in and take two shirts. So I, I said, you know, this is coming off my budget and this is ridiculous. So I, I said to the club, look, why don't we give the, the players X amount of shirts per season, whatever that is, whether it's four, five, six, and then after that, they, they, they buy them. And whether or not that, I think it's still like that to this day. I'm not sure. I think I, so. I never knew that either. I never knew that yeah. either. But I mean, the other thing, obviously, you 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 were up close quarters and very friendly yeah. with some Tottenham legends. But the one, you know, everyone who worked at Spurs, everyone who played with him, have stories. It was obviously Paul Gascoigne, and there was a again again game that you talk about in the book where he came in what ten to three after warming up, and he came back in and he'd given the shirt away. Yeah, um, so <clears throat> I don't. I don't know if you remember the old White Hart Lane. Jeff remember it, but the, the old White Hart Lane used to come come up the tunnel, and the the first door went into the on the left was the dressing room, and the second door went into the treatment room. And there, when you went into the dressing room, there was a door that used to open. You could see into the treatment room, and I see guys that come in, and he just had like a like a pair of wife front. We used to call them slips. What they wore under their under their shorts, and I'm looking in like I'm thinking. That's a strange time to have a rub, but, you know, quarter three, ten to three. So I went in there like, I said, Gaz, what's, what's going on, mate? Where's your gear? And he went in his Geordie accent, why, I'm going to give it away like a little girl. I said, what do you mean you give it away? He said, well, I think she, you know, she was just, I think she's disabled or whatever. He said, I'll give it away. I said, you give what away? He, he said, everything. <laughs> He'd given away his warm-up top, his warm-up T-shirt, his shorts, his socks and his boots. And he just signed a massive deal with Brooks, and it was the only pair of boots that we had. That was the one and only pair of boots, and he'd give them away. So at quarter to three, he was he was with Puma prior to that. And at quarter to three, I'm blacking out a pair of Puma boots, <laughs> and I'm tipexing the Brooks sign on the side of the boot so that he can play. Oh, it's so ludicrous. Funny. It's unbelievable. I mean, the other one to... He looked at me as if, so, what's the problem? (laughs) The one uh, I remember when I used to cover Spurs back in those days was um, John, when he got John on top of the van and drove him around. Was it Mill Hill? John Coberman. Yeah. Yeah, nearly killed him. I mean, I I remember that story. And and Terry was manager, I think, wasn't he? Terry Venables. Yeah, yeah, it was like Keystone (laughs) Cops. Honestly, I swear (laughs) to you, it was Keystone Cops. So you know, I'll tell you the story, okay? Oh, you've got to. Right, so we're, we're at Chesham Training Ground and Gazza comes in in, in, a, in a Winnebago that he bought for his dad, right? A big Winnebago. Beautiful, beautiful thing. So John Coberman, who was the, like the, he wasn't the club driver, but he used to drive the players about, 
he has decided that Gazza said to him, oh, John, there's a rattle on the roof. He said, well, can you go and have a look? So he's gone up the ladder at the back. And as he's pulled, as he's pulled out, no, it was, was it Chesson or was it Mill Hill? It was Mill Hill. It was Mill Hill. he went round the mini roundabout. Exactly. So as John's got up the ladder, Gazza's got in it and he's drove it out and he's swerving down the road. And John's hanging on the back. Honestly, it was like Keystone Cops. I thought I was going to die. The man come back, he looked like a bottle of milk. I've never seen anyone look so white in all my life. They nearly killed him. And he thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was John Cove. The, the other, the other one, uh, I, don't give, I don't want to give all the stories of the book away because I want people to go and get it. But one more story, because uh, sadly, another legend yeah. passed away recently. And again, I know I was there. I'm sure Joe was there. The night Maradona played for Tottenham Hotspur in Ozzy Ardiles's t- uh, benefit match. I love the fact that you've had to go up to Diego and everything all right. And his toe man said, yeah, give me a, give me a pair of Puma size six. Well, originally what he said was, he said to me, well, he didn't, Ozzy did, because he, he couldn't speak. So Ozzy's come up to me, and, hello, mate, mate, you, boots, boots, size six. So I went, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I'll give him a pair of boots. So Maradona's looked at Ozzy and gone, no, 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 no. Puma, must be Puma. I'm thinking, we're not with Puma. Where am I going to get a pair of Puma boots? So I'm thinking, who's got Puma boots? Clive Allen, size six and a half. Wow. Job done. So I went up to Clive. I said, can he borrow your boots? Yes, yeah, so I get a brand new pair of boots, gives him his boots. So, but prior to that, so I'll give him the boots, but I'll, I'll come back to that. So Maradona's in the dressing room and all the lads are like in awe of him, as, as was I. You know, and he starts doing tricks with an orange. He was doing keepy ups with an orange for, I don't know, a minute, two minutes. All tricks on his neck, on his shoulders, on his knees, on his feet. He was just like a magician, this guy. Absolute magician. So, anyway, plays the game, finish. Clive Allen says to him, Will you sign my boots, please? So he signs, signs Clive's boots, done, job done, Maradona, brilliant. Great day, great evening, great to be associated in the same dressing with him. Some years later, Clive Allen decides why they're going to move house. So he says to his wife, where's those boots that um, that I had in, in, in the back room? Oh, she said, them old things. She said, them old things, I've been there, they've been there ages. I threw them in the bin. Oh, my God. But luck had it, Clive went out and they were still in the bin. Wow. Yeah, signed by Maradona. Oh True. God. Yeah. Wow, that's Incredible. amazing. Right, very, very quickly, because we're sadly running out of time. I, mean, I think you were the only second member of the backroom staff ever to get a testimonial dinner, which is incredible. What yeah. was that night like? Obviously, you've been there 29 years, yeah. 17 managers, being close up with, obviously, that sort of first yeah. Birkinshaw, the early 80s, the pleat sides, the yo and all that. What was that night like in, in, in West London when everyone comes to pay tribute to you it must be incredible i've i've never experienced anything like that in my life and and a guy called rob siegel um organized it for me um and jerry francis was manager and uh it was just the most amazing evening i never anticipated anything like that ever happening i never anticipated the clientele that would turn up and and um all the players first team players all turned up 
Um, the only player that didn't turn up or couldn't turn up was David Ginola um, because he had, a, he had a previous engagement booked. And he actually wrote a letter and sent it to um, the venue to be read out mm. on his behalf, apologising for the fact that he couldn't attend. And it was just, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. It, it's something that I'll never, ever, ever forget. It's magnificent. If, if you had to name one game when you sat on the bench, what do you think is the... I know, I know you're now you're very low down again. You mentioned the Union, you know, you're so low down. What's the one game that you just go, that was the greatest game I was part of? I, I would have to go the Forest Cup final. Right. For a multitude of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, it was my first FA Cup final. Um, to, to working in the capacity that I was in. Um, secondly, um, with Venners on the bench, um, you know, you've got Terry Venables, you've you got Doug Livermore, you've got Ray Clements, then you look at the team that play, and then you've got the the, the trauma of, of the injury to Gascoigne, and, you know, the, it, it just, there was just a multitude of things that was against us, and yet we still, we still come through and triumph, and it was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then you obviously moved on and still at Saracens yes. Rugby. How does that differ with just the players and the day-to-day you've gone from, to- I mean, a completely different yeah. sport, but Tottenham. And then how's it, I mean, you know, and there was one story with the players helping you with the gear that rugby players would do. Yeah. Is, there, is there a huge difference between what you did at Spurs and what you do now? There's no difference in the job except everything's heavier and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the equipment that we actually train with on a day-to-day basis, like the tackle shields and the tackle cylinders and, and, and the scrum machines, and the, you know they, they're, they're ridiculously heavy and, and they've got to be shifted from venue to venue or from pitch to pitch. But in general, the job's the same. Um, I did take into Saracens the fact that um, when I first went there, the, the players used to take their own kit home and wash it every 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 day. Um, and then the CEO said to me, how could we um, improve and, and, and take it to a different level? How could we make the players feel um, more, he said, wanted it and, and important, but that's not the right wording. But so what, what I've done, I, I actually had a laundry built in the training ground and a kit room. So now everything that I've done, in football, I now do in rugby. Mm. So the lads just turn up in the morning, their kit's there for them. Mm. It's laundered every day. They come in. So it, it, it's just more of a, a professional environment. Um, as far as the players concerned, uh, that every player to a man are very, very, very polite. Very, yeah. very polite. Everything is please, thank you. Would it be possible, may I? And this is the likes of Owen Farrell and mm. Maro Atoji and Billy and Villapola and Mako Villapola and Elliot Daly, all the England boys and whatever, they're all very, very um, polite and, and they appreciate everything you do from. Not that they didn't in football, um, but things have moved on, mm. you know, and, and I think in football now it, it's more of a given that, that the kit man and, and the backroom staff do absolutely everything. Mm. But whereas these boys, they do muck in and, and they, do, they do help in a big, big way. But but I would like to say on, on, on the Tottenham thing, just going back just what, quickly one second, uh, Daniel Levy, um, when the, the training ground that he's built um, is amazing and, and the stadium is amazing. And, you know, he does take a bit of flat, of course he does, but 
when you look at what he's achieved over the period of time he's been there and the team that he's built, and we are so, so close. And, 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 I, and I do liken Tottenham to Saracens as much that we, 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 we've come from, when I went there, we've come from nothing and we've won like three European Cups and four leagues, four premierships. And, you know, I, I just think that I really do feel that, that Spurs are on the edge of, of, of greatness. I, honestly, I've got this gut feeling, whether it's this season, I don't know. But I do feel that, that, that they're getting really, really close. And, and I think Daniel's been a big part of that and, and all the backroom staff. And I, I just think, yeah, listen, it's my team. I'm never going to criticise them. But I just love the place to death. I think, that, I think they're brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's lovely. Roy, thank you so much. For those of you listening, if you haven't got the book, Shirts, Shorts and Spurs, uh, Roy Raylands. It's, it's, I've, I've checked. You could still get it on Amazon. There's a Kindle version as well. Go and get it. There's, there's, I mean, we run out of time. There's so many stories in there. Uh, Roy, I'd love you to come back on anyway, uh, Roy. Come back on again and talk about Spurs yeah, and other games. because I'd love to do them Through and through. Jerry, thank you so much for coming on again. Um, anything anything to plug, uh, Jerry? Anything you'd like to mention? Well, you- I would also say that, like Roy says, you know, I, I remember when I first started covering Spurs, mm. um, it was that old school ground in Mill Hill where they used to train. You couldn't get more ramshackle, you know. It was, it was. I think my my school had better better facilities, you know. Um, and when you look at that, and now you look at what they've got in terms of the training ground and the stadium, you know, everything is set up for for Tottenham to be one of the top top clubs in the world. And I think, you know, they're, they're sort of getting there. Like, like Roy said, you know, that, that journey under Pochettino was, was so good. You know, put them, really put them on the map globally. Um, you sort of got your pride back about being a Spurs fan. And it certainly made the whole experience covering Spurs. The last five years has just been, five, six years, it's just been, you know, a, a, a bit more of a roller coaster in the last year or two. But, you know, it was just uh, something was always going to happen. You know, it's never been dull, but... So, you, you, you know, it, it's easy to forget where they were not that long ago. Um, they were definitely in the also-rounds, you know, and the, and the other clubs were sort of taking off ahead of them. So you, you have to give Daniel, cr- cr- Daniel Levy enormous credit for getting them back to where they... Getting them right back on the top table. Mm. Um, and like Roy, I, I'd like to think they've got this... You know, they, they've got the, the platform now. They've got a playing squad. They've got a manager set up for for success you know and I think I think it's all there to be had and it's just a question of you know can things fall into place can those little things work in their favor when they need them to mm. um so it's a good time to be good time to be a Spurs fan you know and uh I don't suppose any of them, any of us miss the old um Mill Hill training ground do we Roy well, funny enough our stadium is the Coptal Stadium yeah. Oh, right. Like so down the corner, round the corner. That, that's yeah. Saracens. That's Saracens. Yeah. Well, it's called the Stonex Stadium now, but it's, uh, yeah, we're right next door. Because that's where Terry used to take them and do the, the Tuesday morning run where they'd done the two, 220 sprints and they used to be sick in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But it's just what you say there, Jay, because obviously, Roy, you know, as, as a fan, you were there during what we kind of call the dark, sugar years, the mid 90s yeah. when. Okay, we had Klinsmann some moments, but you look at our league positions and teams like Middlesbrough, Coventry, Southampton, Sheffield Wednesday were finish above us year in, year out. As a fan, it must be very, very difficult um, to, to, to be part, you know, to see that week in, week out. Well, the highest I ever finished was third. 
Oh, there you are. That was it. I've never finished higher than third. Uh, got to the FA Cup final. Um, played in a few semi-finals and, and, and got beaten, whatever. But it's, it's difficult, to be honest, Mike, because I just... Loved my time there, even even through the the, the traumatic times and the and the you know the the hard times. How how can you how can you not how can you not enjoy working for the club that you love? Mm. You can't. You know what I mean? Of course, you were frustrated, but you see, I, I I can honestly say I never got up in the morning and thought I don't want to go to work today. Yeah. Never, yeah. never, yeah. ever, ever. Mm. And you know that's. I just, it's just, it's in your blood, you know. I mean, I, I lived less than a mile from the stadium. You know, I could hear, if I didn't, when I was a kid, if I didn't go to the game, I could see the lights from my house, I could hear the crowd. Mm. It's in you, you know what I mean? It's just, you never take it away. And even now, we've got boys at, at, at Saracens that are, are big Arsenal fans and big Man United fans and and when we have a bit of banter and whatever. But it's nice now because... I can give it back because we're up there and we're, and we're performing. You know what I mean? So, mm. no, it's good. They're, they're, they're always there, blue and white. Through yeah. and through. Well, long, long may it continue, starting with a massive, massive win on Thursday against Liverpool. Roy, thank you so much. Jerry, thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for you listening at home. We'll be back next week. Until then, come on, you Spurs. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.